Good morning. You can talk to me on the Fuse 984 or 0701984984. We're having a very important conversation. Remember earlier I told you we're going to be having a very interesting and exciting interview. And I want to give you a little bit of the background. So it's all about My Skin Global. They're here to disrupt the practices of skin bleaching and even have a bigger conversation when it comes to colorism. Now I'm going to give you a story a while back when I was younger. Um, I never knew what skin bleaching was. I always saw the products around the house, especially because my house used to use them and I just assumed one day it was lotion I was about 10 years old and I remember feeling my skin was on fire it was hot and it was actually a skin bleaching product and my mom obviously reprimanded uh, the person who had given me the lotion just said it's okay to use it because it's like burns off your pigmentation but I didn't understand till I was much older what that product meant what it was and why my mom was so angry as well because she was a lot lighter than us she is a lot lighter than us and I didn't understand why it was it was so important for her to make us feel like that is not the path that we need to go down but then as I grew up especially when I was in university I kept hearing good skin good hair and trying to figure out what that meant as well because I grew up in Africa and I was in the States and everyone had good skin here the darker the you know the skin the more beautiful to me but that's not actually the case when it comes to the workplace when it comes to relationships when it comes to life in general for majority of people not just in Africa but around the world right I mean even in Asia we see a whole lot of conversations and products when it comes to skin bleaching or different types of therapy on this so this is why I'm really excited to talk to the CEO and founder of Skin Global, Francois Mbazi. Um, I hope I've said that right. <laughs> you tried. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for sharing your story. This is really important. It's very important that we continue to share these stories. Um, just for correction on my name, yes. Francoise Mbazi. Um, so Francois is a male. Uh, Francoise is female mm-hmm. in the French, whatever that stands for. Um, but I thrive in my last name, Baba Z, which means peace and kind. Um, I so that. I love that. Um, however, the story you just shared is so critical, um, very critical, particularly to the young people. And even though, like the story you share about just having access to creams and, you know, practically chemicals around the house without knowing why they do exist. Um, and so that is actually, you know, the biases that exist within the different skin colors that we are all dressed in. I similarly grew up in a household whereby um, we ha- have siblings who have different skin tones, some who are lighter than I, some who are darker, um, and not knowing what the difference was and really not understanding what colorism would be um, until later in life, uh, when uh, maybe not so much later, um, when one of my sisters would come forward and say, you know, resent going to school and say, why would I go to school? Why should it matter? Because I'm ugly. My life will never be like yours. Um, I will never marry a man of my dreams. I will never have a job of my dreams. What's the point? Might as well just stay home. So really, I feel like it's very important for people to understand that colorism um, is an insidious form form of discriminatory act that really discriminates against those that are darker and favors those of a lighter skin color. And that comes from a larger systems um, <laughs> larger systems of oppression, you know, systems such as white supremacy. I think we should be able to call it out. 
um, globalization, patriarchy, um, that spread the word. Even like imperialism and colonialism spread the word, the notion that lighter skin whiteness was so much better and beautiful than it is for darker skin people. Um, and so that is ingrained in our brain and is very detrimental to young people's lives until they stay. Maybe we should, we should start by talking about what exactly is colorism so people can understand. They might be hearing it and they're like, that yeah. relates to my life, but what is she talking about? Totally. Um, thank you for asking for that. So, like I said, colorism is an act of simply, it's a discriminatory act that looks at you and say, hey, um, you are darker, um, that is color, and then colorism and the lighter just dissects the word into the two categories, whereby, again, the notion that has been sprayed around for hundreds of years that is attached to whiteness, is attached to purity, it's attached to desirability, it's attached to, um, you know, success. <laughs> it is sort of like the norm, the beauty standard that is accepted in a society. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at yourself and feel as though you are not light enough, you're not white enough, um, then you presume yourself to be not beautiful. And that is associated to, you know, uh, self-esteem issues. It is causes a lot of depression and anxiety. It is actually causing uh, more young girls, particularly young black and brown girls, to really look at the solution. So how could I be successful? How should, could, what can I do to actually um, be beautiful and look like uh, everyone else who is successful, or I see on the screens all the time. And so they resort to what? Those narrow mindset of skin bleaching. And skin bleaching is an act of altering your skin color, wearing out those melanin levels that you're talking about, and leaving you susceptible to environmental factors, mental health, suicide levels, organ failure, environmental factors, it's like permanent blindness, the list goes on. Skin bleaching literally has 72 side effects that have been listed and you can look up all this information on World Health Organization. And so it is a mental, <coughs> excuse me, I've been kind of suffering with a cold. It is um, sort of an oppressive system um, that is meant to believe that we're not worthy, you know, that the, the idea of power and privilege um, does not suit, does not sit, does not resonate with black and brown people because we've been made to believe that we're not. Mm -hmm. And so it is our responsibility as black people to disrupt that practice of skin bleaching and instill self-love and self-admiration in the skin we're in. And that's what My Skin Global stands for. And just a bit, we're going to be talking all, a lot more about My Skin Global. This is a fantastic conversation because it's something that we have, I have with my friends all the time. I have different types of groups of friends. My Caucasian friends want to be my color, so they are in tanning beds and getting skin cancer and putting mm -hmm. all these sprays on themselves. My Asian friends are avoiding the sun like the plague. My black friends are fighting each other because they 
they say you got this guy because you're lighter skin or um you are you know you're you're more beautiful and, and it's just it's just such a necessary conversation that is mind-boggling to me you can let me know on the fuse 984 have you ever um <coughs> suffered from uh colorism what has it been like in the workplace in your relationships or in general as well if you want to know any, any more information you can send those questions on capsule fan fanatics or the fuse 984 it is Anne more here i have stories for days on days on days when it comes to colorism and when it comes to just skin in general when people say skin deep it really is um i'll give you another story i remember being out in a nightclub in kenya and a very famous um and popular kenyan celebrity asked me who's my doctor who do i go to um because she she's a she was a bit darker um she's now not um and she, she was genuinely like she did not believe that this was just my natural skin color so she was like who do you go to and i didn't understand that was a real practice but then i heard iv drips do this i heard that you can get different creams as well then i started looking more into it and i became more shocked and you even start hearing it more in like rap songs that's why i hear it the most right i love, love skin girl everything light skin light skin light skin or you had like black china as well coming to nigeria to sell a brand of skin bleaching or you have vibes cartel who start well how he started is not how he looks now and to each their own but when it comes to your health it can be really dangerous so this is why organizations like my skin global are necessary in giving the youth the right information and saying no your skin is beautiful how is it how it is now i wanted to know from you um how does this affect the mental health of a person when they maybe start thinking they need to bleach their skin to the point of actually changing their pigmentation yeah that's a really important uh, question and one that people should pay attention to particularly young black and brown people um <coughs> and so what has happened because of those stories that you're told at a very young age um, of how unworthy you might be, of how ugly you are if you're of a darker skin color. I mean, I think Rupita Nyong'o speaks greatly about how beautiful and how she was patronized when she was growing up by her own family, right? Um, and so those stories stick with you from a very young age. And I've gone around, um, you know, I, I've lived in the U.S. for about 22 years. Um, and a part of my work has been really to travel and see and interview and be in schools and talk to young people, particularly young black girls, black and brown girls. Um, and when you hear about the remnants of colorism that exists until this day from, say, seven to eight from girls who would say, Miss Francoise, would you come to my school and tell my peers how beautiful I am? because they call me a monkey, you know? They don't think I'm beautiful. When you grow up feeling less of a human being because of the color of your skin, because of the biggest organ on our bodies that we all share that we can't change, um, when you look around and feel like <coughs> systems that exist, that you exist in, does not perceive you or, um, validate your existence because of how you look. That when you fall into trouble, you might serve a longer sentence just because um, of your skin color. You're gonna be in prison for a long time. You know? um, when you are in schools, um, those schools segregate you, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be visible. You, you don't have to be segregated in a classroom and say, oh, you have to sit on one side. And you, but you're made to believe and feel 
that you're less of or you don't belong. These are things your mother will look at you and you know what she just meant. Your peers will look at you and you know what they mean. No one has to be to verbatimly tell you that you are ABCD. You feel it, right? You feel validated or not. And in a society where discrimination is a key, in a society where white supremacy still exists, in a society where patriarchy still plays a major role, whereby, as the songs you reference, you know, um, some boys will say, I want to be with a girl who is pure. What the hell does pure mean? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and so you feel excluded. You feel like my cousin who will grab a rock to go to the bathroom and scrub herself, wanting to look like my sister Rose, who was much lighter, coming out bleeding. These are mental health impacts. You look at kids falling out and dropping out of schools because they don't feel like they belong. They don't feel that they will ever succeed in life. That's mental health. And when you are growing up in environments where your mother, your sisters, everyone is using these chemicals without knowing why they use just because someone else looks so, I feel a responsibility to do educational awareness and redefining beauty. What does beauty mean to you? What does beauty mean to your upbringing? What does beauty look like? When they look on social media because of globalization, right? Historically, there's a long system. Again, like I say, colorism is a part of a larger, you know, oppressive systems, larger systems of oppression. You look on the screen today, and you see all these actors and actresses, majority actresses, who have the before and after. You can't None of them look the same. (laughs) And these are the people that our children are looking up to. They see them on the screen and they want to look like them. But you can't compete with this because what you'll see today is not what you're going to see tomorrow. So it is an unsustainable beauty standard that continues to perpetuate this belief that whiteness is better. And so they keep using. Skin bleaching is projected to be $32.2 billion globally this year, 2024. This is a global crisis, and it it is destroying black and brown future generations. Mm. They don't know who they are. It is up to us as a people, as parents, as human beings. Really, this is about humanity. The global community needs to be fighting this phenomenon. It is destroying our youth. They have no idea who they are. And if it doesn't start at home with the mother, with the father, telling them how beautiful they are and how great they can be and create an environment that it is vibrant and like a, an environment that exists to receive and nurture them to be the best that they can be, they never will be. 
this is so fascinating that you say it's a $34 billion industry yeah. now, 2024, because when I was thinking about it, um, I thought it was a certain generation and we're trying to move past that, but if to, to see it continually being perpetuated, because um, we all are aware of systemic racism, we're all aware of microaggression. If you're not, basically microaggression is being like, you could be overqualified for the job, but because of the color of your skin, exactly. maybe your hair's not straight, your accent isn't right, or mm -hmm. this and that, they'll find small ways to diminish mm -hmm. your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. uh, that's microaggressions, or it'll be small comments of like, but you're not really like them, you're not really dark like them, you're not really like uh, small things like that, or um, yes, so basically I've, I've been aware of that my entire life, but to see that it's continuing mm -hmm. forward as we say we are so woke now as a generation, mm -hmm. and well, I mean, you're not really awake. You can let me know how you feel on the Fuse 984. This is a very vital conversation uh, for the young generation, especially so we can mold and shape them to do better than what we've been up to. So you can let me know how you feel if you've actually experienced colorism as well, and what was that like, and how have you overcome that? You can let me know on the Fuse 984 or Capital Femme Fanatics. When I say I have stories for days when it comes to colorism and just talking about skin in general. My gosh, I was just telling you behind the scenes. I want to catch you up by the way on the Fuse in 984 uh, on what's going on. We're talking all about skin. We're talking about pigmentation and we're talking about colorism in general and how it affects our mental health, our health and just society as well. Not just in Kenya, but around the world. I was telling you, there's a, there's a place called Watamu uh, in Kenya and for a long time it was predominantly white. And I went to an international school, 66 per, uh, nationalities and you know I was very used to seeing different skin tones and shades and colors so it wasn't really a thing I thought to me at the time so anyway I go to a friend's house and they have another group of people who are there from the UK and one person says I wouldn't mind bringing her home because she's not black like them and then as the weekend progressed they were like talking about some of the people I went to school with some of my black friends who they'd call them like blue black which is not a color I was about to curse my gosh it was not it's not an actual color but it, I started to hear like the microaggressions that they had towards my friends when we get back to school I'm talking to my darker skin friends about this and they're like yeah that they're like welcome to what's been happening our entire lives so we're in an international school I thought my experience was the same because hey we are all black what's happening here um, but it wasn't the same it wasn't the case because they started to open up about small things like you don't see like they people look disgusted when they see me or like when that's what my friends were saying or they kind of felt belittled even in school as well they said some of their accomplishments kind of felt belittled and they had to work twice as hard then I go to the states and I have African-Americans telling me you I'm not black I'm African still <laughs> till this day don't understand what that means so clearly words are powerful and language is powerful yes. uh, when it comes to my skin global how do you combat um how people how people are saying what they're saying and how should like how should someone who's being told this constantly what should they do basically is what i'm saying mm. when it comes to such powerful words <sighs> those words the thing about words is that you you can't forget them and words kind of strike a big kind of core, you know, in you um, that makes you see the world in a different way. And that's something that people need to, again, pay attention to. I'm sorry you've had to experience all that, but hey, it is days of our lives, right? Um, and so, when it comes to My Skin Global and what we do is we are building an educational tool. We're doing this work in, in various stages and I'm gonna kinda share the pillars of My Skin Global and how we operate. Um, 
One is to really focus in building strong partnerships with educational programming, right? We're building a curriculum unit of study that is currently being tested in Denver Public Schools and funded by an incredible foundation called the Caring for Denver, which is a state-based foundation that cares greatly about mental health. And so we're, that curriculum looks deeply at piece, piece number one is the skin you're in. What is the science behind your skin? How did we evolve as a people? No one teaches you that in school, you know? <laughs> skin adaptation, skin evolution, no one touches it. And so a part of our curriculum is to understand who we are as a people, but under the foundation of that skin evolution and skin adaptation. There's so many scholars and writers who have written books, particularly around skin evolution and skin adaptation. One of them is Dr. Nina Globowski, who is at Penn State, who have spoken tremendously and a partner of My Skin Global, just really lifting up the work that we are doing. And so we do that and our curriculum has, you know, six to eight modules that digs deep into like what is colorism, its biases, and giving children the tools to use to build themselves up while understanding who they are as a people. And so our job is to really ensure that we partner with the educational programming to adapt to that curriculum into existing programs. So we're looking for partners all over the world to do this work in that. Number two is, again, really redefining our worth. Who are we as a people? And that, again, falls under education and advocacy because we've never had to learn who we are. We kind of exist. See, you see black people in America, black people feel threatened by you because, again, the idea that Africans, the notion they get is that Africans come in with a different mindset. We are better than you. We choose to go to America. African-Americans were forced in America. There's a lot of historical context that exists that we don't have to deconstruct right now. But if we have to face these system systemic issues, we're going to have to come together as a people and fight for who we are. And so those narrow, white supremacist, colonial mentality, you know, globalization issues needs to be put on the side and focus on what is the most important. And most important piece is our mental well-being. And so advocacy and education is the second pillar of My Skin Global. In schools, around the world, in larger platforms, particularly where um, women foundations and uh, larger platforms exist, looking for bigger and major um, kind of women leaders of the world to be the voice for change. Um, and so that's a third pillar, working to partner with global women leaders of the world to be the voice for change. But that, again, like those are three pillars that we work, but underneath all of that is talking to people like you and people like you and me and to see like what can we do as a people? What are our parents' responsibilities? What are educators doing? What are our policymakers doing? Where is UNESCO, the world platform, when this issue is impacting people's well-being mentally, socially, psychologically, and politically? Where are they? You know? Where is our leaders? 
what are they doing? This is a policy issue. Environmentally, it's a disaster. Any way you look at skin bleaching and its health implications, it is destroying who we are as a people as well as the earth. It leaves nothing behind. The only person it benefits is those on the other end receiving the money. And so when does it stop? What can you do to do your part, to build a world that you want to see tomorrow? Mm. I'm very curious because I'm from, so I've told you I have multiple colors of friends, which is fantastic. But now talking to my mixed race friends, they are seen tend to be called the most desirable of races. But then when you talk to like mixed race people, if you get the chance to, they're too dark for yeah. white, but they're too light for black. So it's mm -hmm. kind of this in, in between of being muted by all sides of the party, but then at the same time being over sexualized or over desired as well. So it's just a lose, 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 lose from every single side, like every society has. Now, you deal with colorism, yes, but I am going to say that you do f tend to fare on the lighter side of, of black skin. Mm -hmm. How is your work received as you're talking to maybe somebody who might have darker skin or lighter skin as well? Mm -hmm. um, how, do, how, how do you handle that personally? I have, it has come to me before. <clears throat> you know, at the inception of um, my, skin, my Skin Global's launch, we had youth from all over different parts of the world and there were mixed races and there were different colors. And they did share exactly what you just shared, some of which are lighter um, indigenous black and, black, uh, black and brown girls. They don't fit, they're not accepted anywhere. When they attack me, it's more like, what do you know? You know, you have long hair, you have lighter skin, you know, you don't look like me, what do you know about blackness? <laughs> The point is, I am black as it gets. I am black, I was mothered by a black family. I am a mother to a black girl. I have no mixed nothing. <laughs> I just so happen, and to me, honestly, again, the, we have to celebrate the diversity in our skin color. We don't choose how we would look. But what I can promise you is that regardless of the color of your skin, and this is my response, you're beautiful just the way you are. You really are. You have no reason to alter how you look. And me, I'm also a faith, I'm a God, I'm a God's child. I believe in God and I really don't believe that God makes mistakes. I don't. And so when you think, and this is the thing, the notion that whiteness is better, is pure, is feminine, it represents femininity. This is a lie. I tell them, no, when I look at white people, and I have great white friends, some I love, some I don't love, you know, and that's okay. And so the thing about it is like, when I look at white people, that they're not white. White is in the on the walls in my house. That's white, you know, and so <laughs> no one, no human being is white, that's one. Okay, number two, <laughs> when you, who defines who is beautiful? Who defines why are you attacking me? At least I'm doing something about it. What are you doing? What is your role and responsibility in society? You see, society has made us believe patriarchy and s globalization, imperialism, all of it. Believe that, you know, the idea, if we want to be feminine, 
and we want to be uh, desirable, you know. To feed the societal norms of beauty, we must be white. I have no desire to be white. Mm. I don't. Even my white friends don't have a desire to be white anymore. Like, it's very fascinating. We were talking about this earlier, but Isn't people it? are tanning. Everyone's getting cancer at this point because half are tanning their skins to be darker and getting, you know, literally adding in toxins into their body. And the other half are adding more toxins into their body to be like, look, it's just such an important conversation. And your input is always necessary. So you can let me know if you've been affected by colorism. What was that like? How did you overcome? You can keep letting me know on the Fuse 984. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about my global skin and what they are doing, my skin global and what they're doing to make sure that we eradicate this problem. White houses. How ironic, white houses right here on the Fuse at 984. We've been talking all about skin, especially my skin at Global and what they are doing. Uh, to have such necessary and important conversations, I really do wish I had these conversations when I was younger as well because I feel like there was an innocence and a naivety, but at the same time, there's also a danger to that because you can grow resentment. Everyone's experience is so different, so it can turn out so different, but I'm here for solutions. Um, how should we be starting these conversations? Let's start at the basic level. Where should these conversations be starting? Is it school? Is it home? Is it through the books that we read? Should we just all stop listening to music in general? Because they all have something, each genre has something to say about a different skin tone. Where should we be starting with solutions? Great question. Let's start at home. Let's start at home by letting our children know how beautiful they are in their skin color, regardless of what color it is. Um, but let's be aware. Let's listen to music is great. We all love music. Let's listen to music. Let's go from you know home to schools to our friends. Um, and let's spread the word about how just black is rich because it is rich. <laughs> you know, let's not demonize blackness. Let's celebrate the diversity in our in our skin colors. Um, I mean, when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, we forget uh, the aspect of skin. But again, remember that is the biggest organ that we all share as human beings. And regardless of how hard you try to alter your skin color, you never will get there. That's the, you know, the sad story about it. You look worse and worse each time. Um, and you know what? The chances of you dying sooner um, isn't high likely. Um, over just, you know, sometimes I get questions about, is that hatred, self-hate? Um, and I, I resent calling it self-hate. I think it's self-unawareness, you know, so self-unaware. Um, I think if you knew what the health implications are of these chemicals, you know, again, we are talking about mercury on skin color. We're talking about high levels of uh, hydroquinone uh, that is not regulated. And we're talking about steroids on skin color. I mean, on your skin. Um, these are all, uh, I mean, hydroquinone, the doctors will prescribe a percentage given on, like, I remember when I had acne, um, the doctor will prescribe some, you know, hydroquinone, something. I didn't know what it was at the time. But I remember my face looking much lighter. And to a point where I stopped using it because my sister again would say, oh, look, you're looking more beautiful, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, whoa, wait. Um, and so the sad story about this conversation is that the levels um, of 
that these chemicals I just described are not inscribed on these bottles that you buy. And the other big part is that it, like mercury, evaporates in the air. And so it would affect uh, your children. Now those are innocent victims of the game. You as an adult, you might choose to alter your skin. Those children in your household did not. You know, there's a story that came out last year in Minnesota. Um, whereby a woman went permanently blind mm -hmm. because of using high levels of mercury. She had no idea. They followed her for two years. By the time they found out what it was, her children had started being impacted as well. Unborn babies on those screen, you know, creams you put on your, ba on your body, you know, you're affecting people, yourself, and the unborn babies. Again, at what cost? At what cost? What are you gaining? Because you'll never achieve that whiteness you're looking for. You're not white, whatever that white looks like. So anyway, what can you do? You can visit myskinglobal.com, www.myskinglobal.com. You can share your stories on our website. Uh, we are now uh, launched in Kenya as well as a community business organization represented by 10 amazing Kenyan people um, really working to disrupt this practice on the land. Our neighbor uh, in Rwanda put a law on the books, President Kagame, to disrupt and burn, burn the practice of skin bleaching in the country of Rwanda. We can do the same here. We can do the same around the world. We do not have to continue to follow what the other has said for us. Right. Let's take an opportunity to define who we are as a people and stand up for our children. And the other thing, so for us on social media, on social media, we have, um, again, myskinglobal.com. You, you go on our website, you'll find our Facebook, our Instagram. We are everywhere. Share your stories. Uh, if you are an educator, please reach out to me, info at myskinglobal.com. I would love to talk to you uh, and explore opportunities for partnership. So, Fantastic. Um, this information, by the way, will be up on our social media platforms. That's Capsule FM Kenya. On my personal platform as well, it's Anne Mora. I'm going to put it out there. I love that President Kagame has uh, passed a law that, you know, eradicates this issue. I think for us, maybe I'd say we start with advertising. Um, if you're going to use stock images, at least at least have one one dark-skinned yeah. person. So we are all related. Because sometimes I'd be seeing people that don't look like none of us. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, look, let's do, we're going to be talking more about colorism and the facts on colorism. Just to remind you one more time it is a discrimination based on skin color uh, of course it's about skin tone also known as colorism or shadism uh, it also is a prejudice and discrimination in which people of certain ethnic groups such as darker skin people um, are made to feel or perceived as darker skin are made to feel overly sexualized or humiliated and of course deteriorated in their confidence it's a hazardous act that is affecting the world globally Unia real quick I'm just going to pull you in this conversation have you ever been affected by colorism this is Unia she's, she's our fantastic hi I'm enjoying the topic it's <laughs> really I mean it's long overdue it yeah, is because um, in fact what we were discussing with my, my daughters because uh well, they just love the color that they're in. Um, is that uh, soon, I think, uh, being dark will be very marketable. Soon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Starting. right now everyone is just light. Mm -hmm. No offense. Mm -hmm. But everyone is just light of mm -hmm. late. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you go back and look at uh, their skin color, I mean, before, before and now, 
two different things. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, someone was even making a joke. Uh, it's a biblical joke, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm excited. <laughs> Should I? Yeah? Yes. That, uh, <laughs> that uh, well, someone was just about to, you know, to exit the world and uh, prayed to God and told God, please just give me another chance uh, to leave. So God was like, okay, I'm merciful, so I'll allow you to live longer. So when this person, uh, well, was given another chance to leave, uh, she went and, you know, did everything about herself. She looked different and bleached herself and all that. So um, after a short while, she was hit by a car and she died. So when she went, uh, when when, when she visited now God in the spiritual realm, uh, she was like, uh, God, I thought you told me that uh, you're going to give me 20 more years. But God was like, I couldn't recognize you. So that's (laughs) why. (laughs) That is why. If you had stuck to your, you know, your color and how I created you to be, then maybe I wouldn't have. I would have stuck to my promise. But right now, you look so different. So let's embrace our color. And uh, if you're light, well and good. If you're not, mm, just, yeah. It's okay, too. It's okay. We can't all look the same. It just just doesn't work. Mm. But, you know, it's also more of a health aspect as well. Please do take care of your health. Mercury really does affect your mental health. I'll be giving you more details about that in just a bit. Yes, I'm over time. I know, as per usual. My gosh, no, it's (laughs) it's very much my fault. It's been like that the whole week.